The views and opinions expressed on the following program are those of the host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position of Owen TV's management, staff, or board of directors. And welcome to About Town. I'm your host, Sarah Luxinger, and today my guest is Ken Van Portfleet. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So you are currently the Village Council President. Uh, but first things first, where did you grow up? Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids. And I saw that you went to school out there, um, and then you came to Oakland uh, for business. Is that correct? That's correct. And what made you... Uh, how, tell us a little bit how you got to Lake Orion. Uh, I met my wife uh, in Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. She was going to Grand Valley at the time. Okay. On a city bus. Okay, so you're going to have to explain that a little bit more. Let me get my chair up a little bit. Okay, you're, you're going to have to... Let's deep dive into that one a little <laughs> bit. Uh, we were riding the bus uh, on a regular basis to uh, employment and such, and uh, I had noticed her. Mm-hmm on the bus and she had noticed me and then just one day she came and sat by me and introduced herself and so we started uh talking more mm-hmm. and it moved from there and and then uh you know as all things change you know you, you end up not riding that bus anymore and so on and so forth and next thing you know uh, started sharing rides because we were going the same direction mm-hmm. and little did i know at the time uh because one day she got off of the bus with some groceries, and I helped her carry groceries as a gentleman should. And I said, just tell me which way we turn as we walk. And she would say, straight for the next block, straight for the next block, turn left. And she ended up being my neighbor <laughs> three doors away. That's, that's actually a movie moment. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you met, it was... Uh, a movie moment, a rom-com, if you will. Right. And then what happened after that? Well, uh, the long, the short story is, is she ended up with employment after college, mm-hmm. and she was from Bingham Farms area. Okay. And she came back over this way and started working for Unisys, I believe it was at the time. And so I would travel on weekends to come see her. And that's not a short drive. No, after a year and many trips, I said, gosh, I think I drove X amount of miles this last year. And so we agreed. I moved over Mm -hmm. and uh, lived in Royal Oak for a while, lived in Ferndale for a little while Mm -hmm. and picked up a boat, started doing some boating. And I would come out here to Lake Orion and boat, or I would go to Lake the Lake and boat. And when I would come out here to Lake Orion, I would stop at the supermarket in town called LS Family Foods, get a submarine sandwich or whatever it may be for the day. And every time I went in there, I would meet people I never knew. And we'd end up talking briefly as if we were friends. And my wife would say, gosh, what takes you so long when you go in there? And so... I thought about it, and, and it just kept happening that way. And I thought, you know, this is like one of the nicest places I've ever been as far as the people. Mm-hmm. So I ended up moving out here, bought a home that was in 88. And uh, 
It's still the same way today. Uh-huh. The people are still really nice, very open, great community. We're blessed. Well, uh, so I had a couple of um, guests on, and I, I've asked that question: how, how did how did you make your way to Lake Orion? And you know, for a house, it was beautiful out here, people, etc. So it, it seems to be a trend moving out here because of people and the beautiful lake and all of that. So actually, uh, my husband's a bass fisherman, and that's the reason why we came out here because it was within the half hour radius of uh, where he was working at the time in Troy. So. It's a beautiful area to be. It is. And you actually, you have Snug Harbor. That's true. Yes. Yeah. I, I see, well, I, sometimes I'll walk to, I'm, I'm trying to lose the COVID weight, and uh, I, I'll walk to the <laughs> shop every once in a while, and I, sure. I was going to say hi to you, but you're under the, the boat doing something, and my husband does his boat stuff, so I'm like, you know what? He looks busy. I'll catch him next time. Yeah. So when did you start Snug Har- Harbor? Um, well, I've been doing that for about 15 years now. Mm-hmm. And, and how did you get the name? I mean, I know it's in a snug well, little area, but. That's, that business has been here about 60 years. Ah, okay. Yeah. And for me, I'm an outdoorsman. I'm a fisherman, a hunter. Um, that's part of my uh, things I do with my spare time. And um, it's just kind of a natural. I love water. Mm-hmm. And so it just worked for me and. Picked it up as an opportunity to do a part-time business years ago and uh, still continues today. Gotcha. And, and it's, really, it's, um, it's really been a lot of fun because I've met a lot of good people again. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's one of those opportunities where you can have something different every day and you can genuinely help people with some difficult issues. So Yeah. It's yeah. Great. yeah, it's cool. Uh, I did not realize how much uh, work goes into owning a boat until, you know, we owned a boat. So <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people who get into that situation as well. Yeah. Uh, so backing up a little bit, um, give us a little history, your elevator speech of your work history. Because we know you are the president mm. of the village council. You got Snug Harbor, but there's, there's many years before that, too. So go ahead. I'll let you do, uh, do the elevator speech of your, your work history. Sure. I, uh, I did some college. I, partic- or I, I went to two different colleges, and I ended up um, developing a skilled trade. I'm a printer. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Yeah. And so I was in the printing business for a number of years, about 30 years, and I started as a pressman. And I went through the ranks quite quickly. Uh, especially when I came here, uh, Oakland County's a good business climate. Things are really rocking over here, so to speak. So I ended up becoming manager of the company I worked for, then vice president and president. And it was a fairly large firm, and it went from private to public, got purchased. When that happened, I thought, well, I'll stay with this firm and for like two years minimum. And treat it like an associate's degree because mm-hmm. it was real interesting moving again from private to public. So did that for 10. And it was a national firm uh, uh, that had gone around and bought up a lot of small companies and uh, registered on the New York Stock Exchange. So I did that for 10. And I thought, well, you know, I'm at the point where I'm more of a number and got to do another 7% next year or 8%. Mm-hmm. 
So I moved out of that, and I've worked in the marine industry since then, and then also in the building field. I recently was employed with a building company that did residential and some commercial, but mostly the marine industry. So um, slacking back a little bit, if you will, uh-huh. and uh, spending more time uh, making sure I do my homework for our community mm-hmm. and our issues. Yep. Uh, so what you do the um, Oakland Mobile Marine. I, I'm getting the name wrong. No, I, uh, I'm not currently there. Okay. I used to be. Okay. Yeah. You said Marine. So yeah. you're talking about Snug Harbor. Correct. Okay. And then um, what was the, the second thing you're doing now? The building. What, what, what's your, how about this? Yeah. What does your normal day like, look like? Uh, a couple of part-time jobs and then also uh, village business Mm -hmm. and then uh, some volunteering and what do you uh where where do you volunteer oh well i look to try to participate the best i can with like the lions club locally uh, american legion Mm -hmm. um uh, just i'm busy a lot yep i saw that you also um have volunteered at the orient art center uh, who are who's doing the flower fair this year, and um, the parade? So, what's do you know what's going on with the parade? I do not. Okay, yeah, I think that's a little up in the air now too. But yeah, sure. Hey, you know what? I, you're here. I'm going to ask and see what I can find out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, kids, one, and where? What are they up to? Uh, son Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, very proud of him. We all are of our children. Yeah. Oh, right. of course. Yeah. Right. I don't have any, and I'm proud of my 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 fur furry ones, even yeah. though you know they're nuts. Yeah. They're nuts. He was a blessing. Yeah. Still is today. Wonderful. Twenty four. Um. He's a. He's a very productive citizen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In today's environment. Well, it's and that's 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 a pretty um. Let me just say this. I hope my father says that I'm a pretty productive citizen at some point. Yeah. Dad. That's a good uh, good compliment to have. Yeah. He's okay. got a good education, mechanical engineer. Oh, okay. Yeah. My husband's a mechanical engineer. Oh, really? Yep. He, and then he went into patent law. Oh. So, yep. You got to have that um, technical background so you can talk nerd to nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we laugh sometimes because I go, oh, is that engineer speak? You know? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because there's like no gray area. It's black or white. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, where's the middle ground? Well, Anyways. we'll let the engineers do that because I know right. I can't do that. Yeah. Uh, my husband uh, built a front porch um, swing, and it's, like, big enough to put a, um, a really small mattress in there. So, And it's my favorite place to take a nap because the dogs fit on it with me. Uh-huh. Uh, but we were driving to Home Depot, and he, I, I brought out, you know, the list to figure out what, kind, what, what we need to get. And he just starts... You know, saying we need five two by fours, we need this, we need that. I'm like, how are you? You don't even have your design in front of you. How do you know this? Some some engineers, yeah. that's how their brain works. I I was not blessed with that, so yeah. he'll have that one. <laughs> no right. drawing needed. No. Um. So you do a lot of community work. You are on the village council. What made you decide to do that in the first place? Um. I, I was disappointed with the current 
government mm-hmm. at the time. And when was this? Uh, mid-90s. Okay. And I uh, thought, well, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to try to do something. Mm-hmm. So put my name on the ballot. Or I, I first went out and uh, did the uh, canvassing for the signatures. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the wrong year got placed on one of the sheets. So uh, it got, I got dismissed. But the village asked me at the time, uh, Wayne Gruby was the president. And he said, hey, uh, we've got some other openings. So I went on the planning commission and spent some time there and then ran in another election and, and uh, have been involved with the village council since. So how long were you on the planning commission? A couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then when, were you, when did you transition over to the village council? After that. What year? I'm trying to get a, a, oh, a you know, I, numbers aren't my thing, as we've already established. I didn't so. bring, and I don't have that uh, history in my head. So, because people will say to me, they'll say, how long have you been a village council member? I say, oh, about 20. Okay. Yeah. And so today, I, besides the pandemic, which I understand is one of the biggest issues going on um, nationwide, what are... Give me a couple of other issues that you find are near and dear to your heart that you want, you know, things you out there want to see changed, see improved, or, you know, things that you would like to be addressed. Just a couple of things. In our community. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that we have a lot of really good, smart people in our community, and the community will always be a real good community for um, uh, people to live. Mm-hmm. But... What compelled me to run in the last election, the most important thing was uh, fiscal responsibility. We have a lot of issues that are still coming um, to fruition Mm -hmm. that are going to require some money. And our small village really needs everybody on deck to try to watch our expenditures and how are we going to manage that but still keep our community a place where it's not too costly to live. There's a lot of people that are aging. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had quite a few discussions about aging in place and uh, are they going to be able to stay here or are they going to get pushed out because of the increase in taxes and so on and so forth. So I have um, quite a bit of experience from the past as far as uh, possible opportunities to find solutions. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, I'm going to try to really work on that the harder, the best I can, and provide as much um, assistance for that. And that's what's most important to me right now today. I think the general um, community, our uh, the beauty of it, uh, the use, our trails, our our uh, business climate has certainly it's on a roll. I think that's good for another ten years. That'll just continue to move forward. Uh, we've, um, we're vibrant. We're, we're, I can remember the days where it was very quiet. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot going on. So I'm looking for how do we take care of some of these legacy infrastructure issues like you know today about like our pump stations, mm-hmm. those type of things that are high dollar. 
and we'll, we'll get some solutions. I'm glad you're with us. You'll help. And uh, we've got a lot of smart people in the community, and we just need to all come together and figure that out. Yeah, when we moved here in 2012, and um, I used to be a very avid runner, and I know it doesn't look like it right now, and I'm not really running. I've switched over to walking. Um, but, you know, I was training for my marathon and ultra marathon, and I just loved being able to run on the Pollyann and the Paint Creek. It, oh, it was just, you know, I'm sure there are trails and stuff like that where I grew up. I, I grew up in Birmingham, but I just didn't know about those things. And it was really nice being able to just, you know, you run a mile and a half and then you're on a beautiful trail. So I like that, the you know, keeping up with the parks and the wreck and um, keeping the historic nature of downtown. That's really something that seems to be an important thing for multiple generations of people who live here. Sure. So that's great. And then the aging in place, um, my one side of my family, they were, my grandparents were able to age in place and I, I was, you know, everybody was just happy that that was able to happen. Yeah. Um, unfortunately there was some dementia on my mother's side. So, um, my grandma, my maternal grandmother had to go to assisted living, but it, you know, aging in place is, if, if it's an option that's out there and it is, we should really focus on helping, you know, make our community more, um, cohesive and, uh, welcoming to that option because i mean who wouldn't if there was an option who wouldn't want to age in place that's that's my my perspective seeing it and actually happen so and so i i uh and you mentioned running and i was just thinking about how i think we're ripe for the possibility of like a triathlon Mm -hmm. in our community yep with the lake and trails and bikes and in fact i just spoke to um main street bikes the other day and i and i keep Continuing looking for the uh, someone to grab a hold of that, or mention at the DDA and so on and so forth. And I think that that might be a possible. I could, I could be way out there, and mm-hmm. maybe time is not right. But uh, I think there's might be something you might get interested in. Well, yes, we'll see. Um, like I said, I have to drop the the COVID the COVID nineteen <laughs> um, before I actually start um, competitive running. Actually, the reason why I ran long distances and not like five cases. No one's going to tell you anything about like, oh, you're running an 11 minute mile. Yeah, but I'm doing 27 in a row. You want to say something? No. So I feel like the smaller run, the shorter runs, it's like you have to be on the whole time. I'd rather just kind of la di da around. So I wasn't much of a competitive runner. So did you do the long distance? You say? Yeah, I did a a 50 kilometer ultra marathon in Hell, Michigan. So yeah, yeah. I I used to be a beast. You know, it's amazing what five years will do. I. I went down one time to the Detroit Free Press run. Mm-hmm. What was that twenty-seven miles? I think. Uh, well, I did that. I did the half marathon um, a couple of years. The full marathon is twenty-six point two. Half is thirteen point one. Yeah, and I was down there early in the morning as a coach. Went down there with a friend of mine, and his wife was a runner, and another friend's a runner, and so we just were there to coach, and, and then also to help uh, spur them on. But I was, I was amazed. I was to be a runner. It, it doesn't. You, it, there was all type of people, mm-hmm. um, big people, little people, heavy people, thin people, and I watch these people come across that line, and I'm like, after 27 miles, yeah. and like, uh, the majority of them finished. I was thinking, Who, these people, this, this guy's not going to come across that line. He came across that line. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, um, how powerful. 
So I started running in middle or in high school. Well, middle school, I guess I did yeah, track, but you don't really get into the sports. Well, I didn't until um, high school. And so I ran cross country and track in high school and just fell in love with it. But after that ultra, after coming out of the woods, after like eight plus hours, I'm like, I'm done for a little while. Yeah. And it's hard once you stop getting back into it. I, I mean, I stopped for many years and getting back into it, it's, I mean, with everything, your bodies change as you get older, and you're like, oh, man, this is right. a lot harder than I thought. Right. But I still have faith that we'll, we'll, it will happen again. I couldn't take the pounding on the knees and such. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to possibly um, picking up uh, biking. Yeah, biking. Um, I had a really bad spill. I, I did some adventure trips when I was uh, in high school, and I had a really bad spill, and I've been afraid of bikes ever since, but oh. uh, slowly I'm getting over that because I, I, I would actually like to, um, you know, my two to four year plan is to eventually do a triathlon. I don't know if it will be a full Ironman, but I would like to try that. Try the mutter. Yeah. Well, I'm already, I already sweat a lot. I don't need to like roll in the dirt <laughs> some more. Um, actually, the ultra marathon um, was in Hell, Michigan, and you had to run up the river sticks for about a third of a mile. So I got, I got some of my, that, that crazy uh, running into it, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Well, bless you for your endurance. That's amazing. When I watched that that day, I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, some of those people who, you know, you wouldn't expect to be runners going out there and doing it. You know, that's really what makes, you know, gives you confidence to do it too. Wow. Because, I mean, it's it's hard. It's not easy. It's no. not an easy – no one's like, mm, I think I'm going to go run, you know, 10 miles this morning. It's right. it's not that easy right. for, for a majority of us. Right. But actually, I've always got my shoes from Hanson's, even um, as a kid. Yeah. My parents would drive out here or to uh, – here, and they, they have another location, and we would, you know, switch it up. So pretty much all of my sneakers have been from, from Hanson's. So I was really happy when we moved here, and I saw it, and I was like – well, I guess I'm getting myself some new shoes. And so it, that's uh, now my shop is right across from them. So it's a nice little reminder of the good old days for me. Yeah, right. Yeah. But so. um, hobby wise, I have a few others. I love to cook. Oh, really? What's yeah. your, what's, if you had, I, I, if this is a random question in there, I'll, I'll give you credit for it or we'll see. What is, if you could cook one thing every day and have one thing every day, not the only thing that you would eat, but something that you would have every day, what would it be? Just the one thing. Yeah. It wouldn't be the only thing you had to eat, but you had to eat it every day. I, it's a toss up for me between, uh, Latin and Italian. Okay. Or, um, like tacos or spaghetti. All right. So you'd have Four meals every day and one of it, no. <laughs> okay, so what, what's something that you love to cook? Uh, mostly Latin. Okay. I, yeah, I like to do my own beans. I like to, uh, I like hot. I've tried to, I like Thai. I've tried to do uh, Thai, but there's too many ingredients um, required for that. But, um, uh, and I'm uh, one of these um, nonconformists. Mm-hmm. I experimented uh, just two days ago, uh, Saturday, with roasting some chicken, cut up chicken. And then when I removed it, 
I battered it with pancake flour and uh, barbecue sauce that I had already mixed. Mm-hmm. So, and real thin, so it's like the type of consistency that you would use to make a real thin pancake. Okay. And uh, and then baked it again, and it was uh, very surprising. I, in fact, it's something I'm going to work a little bit more with because I think it's got some possibilities. So when are you going to have dinner at the Village Council for all of us? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'll be expecting that. We're going to have dinner, a special dinner session. Sure, no. sure. But I do a lot of one-offs. Like I've experimented. I love fruit. Um, uh, Moss melon with uh, uh, shredded celery. Ooh. That's an interesting combo. <laughs> I can't even imagine what that would taste like, but I'll, I'll take, after the pancake batter chicken, I'll take your word for it. Um. Sure. My my over the pandemic, um, I'm like, you know what, Brad, my husband, we're gonna bring the dinner party back once we're able to. So we probably should like get in on like some cooking thing. And so he started smoking meats, like the old oh, yeah. wood burning one. It took us like three or four months to find a wood burning uh, smoker, not a pellet one, because and oh my god, I think I fell in love with him all over again when he made his first brisket. It was so good. But I was like, that was a good, that, I did a good wife plant the idea in his brain sure. and got it, got it rolling. So, yeah. Well, if he's a truest and he's doing it uh, the correct way, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's well worth the effort and the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's funny because our neighbors will walk by and, what, what, what you doing over there, huh? Yeah. I have one friend that actually will buy a tree from a farmer, like an apple. Mm-hmm when it's ready to be cut, and then he'll actually harvest it and season it himself so that when it's time, he knows it's one year old or the duration of the wood, and he drills so far into the actual flavor of the meat that way. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. Well, now I know what to tell Brad to do next time when yeah. he's out of wood. Just <laughs> go find a farmer that's about to cut down a tree, but make sure that it's a good tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so what other hobbies do you have? I'm, I'm learning a lot right now. I know now oh, you cook. I love, I love to read. It's something I did as a kid. I read a lot when I was in fourth and fifth grade, and it's come back around. I just finished The Origin of Species, mm-hmm. The Descent of Man. I uh, had not taken time to read that before, and uh, I really enjoyed it. it. It was That took a little while. Yeah, I'm sure it's a little wordy. <laughs> yeah, but so. it's one of those books that has um, withstood the test of time. And I mean, people know about Darwin's theories, but the book is still around and the book is still read. So oh, yeah, yeah. There's there was a few things in there that were still somewhat relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really impressed with it. But um, I, I try to uh, pace myself. I like to read about twenty five or thirty a year, mm-hmm. and. Um, if I don't, I'm disappointed. So, but I, I'm a, I'm a, a nonfiction. Okay. I have to have it be real, or I feel like I'm wasting my time. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I remember in my AP Bio class, our teacher was talking about um, Darwin, and we were also doing the Mendel squares. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, Darwin was 
so close, but he was missing the genetic portion, the the science behind the genetic, um, you know, the BB, big B, little B, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I guess they found Mendel's book in Darwin's library, but the pages had not been cut, so they, it hadn't been opened because they used to, well, you know this better than I do, how they used to print books. So they would print them, and it, you had to cut the pages open, so, you know, that's how you knew it was new and stuff. Right. Uh, and the, the, the pages were never cut. So it was like the missing piece was actually of the puzzle was in his library. It's just he never got around to reading it, I guess. So that's pretty interesting how little, little things in history just kind of changed the trajectory. Yeah, yeah. And my sport today is golf. Golf. Yeah. Uh, I'm not very good at it, but maybe someday. Yeah, I know how to hold the golf club. I still don't know how to hit the ball. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, fun yeah. and dumb. Pardon? Fun and dumb. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I would like to go golfing probably just because I can wear plaid. You know, I'm one of the people who can, I, I don't let the outfit wear me. I can wear the outfit and plaid I can do. Right. But I you can't just stand on the golf cart course and plaid and not play. Well, a lot of people don't realize it's a timeless sport. Mm-hmm. You can do it when you're 12. You can do it when you're 80. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, I actually studied abroad in Scotland and, uh, my God, like golf is huge. And it was tossed up between going to St. Andrews. I took a leave of absence from MSU and I was either going to go to St. Andrews or um, Edinburgh. And I ended up going to Edinburgh, but St. Andrews would have been, I would have actually had to learn how to play golf if I went there. Cause how it's long just, were you over there? Um, a term. So about six oh. months. Yeah. And back when, what? Um, 2008. I was, it was my second term of my junior year. And I went over there and I studied politics and history. Oh. Yep. So uh, it was a wonderful. I was, if life had gone another way, I would probably be living over there. Yeah. It was gorgeous. So yeah. I, I, I love uh, Scotland. It's, I'm watching uh, Outlander right now when I have oh. spare time. And I watch it just because I love to watch the country. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, wow. It's really like that. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. It, and uh, so my maiden name is Monroe. Uh, my full name is Sarah Hamilton Monroe. How Scottish is that? But uh, so there's a clan, the clan Monroe. And so I got to go up and visit there. And it's just, it's just beautiful. It's just, and Highland hospitality is fantastic. So um, it's, it was a great experience. Um, and I actually was able to take my husband over there to Edinburgh for New Year's because it's one of the like top 10 places to go in the world for New Year's. And it was it was pretty amazing. So nice. Good. Yep. All right. So three random questions. This is where I pick three questions for you. And then for participating, you can ask me one. And I'm just gonna pick these at random. All right. So I'll ask you two, and then I'll pick one for you to ask me, and then I'll ask you the last one. All right. Oh, everybody. I end up asking everybody this one. What was your best Halloween costume as a kid and as an adult? Cowboy. Cowboy. As a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, as an adult. Oh, I'm not that excited about Halloween as an adult. Yeah, I guess it kind of loses its flair once you don't get the free candy. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't I don't have one for as an adult. I mean, I've 
it's easy to throw something together and be a scary person. Mm-hmm. Did you, you know? have to take um, your son around, or did yeah. your wife? You... Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, all that yeah. good stuff. But um, uh, a hobo. Okay, I was so surprised. In a, in a good way, the first year I was open. Well, I wasn't open quite yet. I, in October, when they do the the little the kids um, Halloween parade downtown, yeah. the trick or treating. Uh, I was opening the next month, so my husband and I were on solo and Chewbacca, and we were passing out candy at the store. It was amazing how many kids were there. Were they like came in like hordes of like Huns, like just. Coming all down, it was it was so much fun to pass out candy that year. Uh, well, and every time I was able to do it, but it, it's it's big down there. It's big. I think there were like six hundred kids, six hundred, eight hundred kids that year. Yeah, I've come down and uh, helped when they had the uh, trick or treat from the trunk and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, that that's part of our community. The blessing of our communities, we have a lot of kids. Yeah, it's, it's everybody's involved. Yep, it's great. All right. Random question number two. How do you measure success? I think success is both small and big. I measure success every day. Mm-hmm. A lot of small successes can make the big success. But um, it's mostly doing what I said I would do and fulfilling what I intended to do to meet my goal and that can take many different shapes and forms it can be giving the guy uh, a ride that carries his empties to the grocery store every day Mm -hmm. that always says i don't want a ride (laughs) so anyways if i talk about the ride i get to know him a little bit that's a success Mm -hmm. and then it can also be very large where something for the village we uh we received a grant or um, some type of assistance that we didn't expect to get, and and voila, yep. we were successful. So, I think it also um, changes with time and your age. What 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 you think success is? Oh, you know, I, or how you measure it? I should. Say. I would agree with that. I think yeah. uh, the older you get, the more appreciative and. And the successes you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to, can you read that one? Yeah. If you had to eat a certain food every day. <laughs> pizza. Pizza. <laughs> Hands down pizza. Every day I would eat pizza. Oh, it is a wonderful food. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got so many good pizza places downtown. Well, oh, my goodness. Well, you know what? Is it? You know what? And with pizza, you can do so many different things. I'm a traditionalist when it comes to pizza. I mean, I will switch it up, yeah. but pepperoni pizza, whatever you, whatever kind of crust, whatever, that's where I switch it up. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm pretty traditional. I'm not opposed to trying new things, though. So do you like the pepperoni that will bubble up or, or it'll um, fry up to a little bowl and the pepperoni flavoring stays inside of it? So, I like it all. <laughs> Don't make me choose which one my favorite you pepperoni said that is. With a lot of sincerity, you were like, oh, because Lord. I, when it comes to my pepperoni pizza, <laughs> yeah. I am very sincere. Yeah. I, uh, 
you know, um, Rick's party store, their pepperoni. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Um, Soto's pepperoni. Uh, you know what? Little Caesars. I'll even go there a couple times and get their pizza uh, or their pepperoni. Like, I, all types of pepperoni. Mm-hmm. I could have a whole podcast on pepperoni, but I'm not because, well, you're the guest, and I, I have a feeling that you know a lot more about pepperonis than I do. So what's your favorite? But what is your favorite type of pepperoni? Well, I don't have a specific brand, but I will tell you something I just discovered. Mm-hmm. A little bit of um, diced up pepperoni on nachos. It's a kick. You're a genius. It just goes, it's totally different. Yeah. Take your standard nachos, dice up a little bit of pepperoni, put it on there. It's like, boom. Well, now I know what I'm going to have for dinner. <laughs> Jeez. But pizza. You know, there's breakfast pizzas. Oh, yeah. Rick's has got a great one. They do. You know, you can do so many different things. Veggie, uh, uh, what do they call it? Seven meats, whatever you want to do. Yep. Yeah. And so our um, we have a lot of little, well, they're, they're growing up, um, middle school-aged uh, kids on our street. So, you know, they'll come around with the Little Caesars um, kits for fundraising. And sure. I actually used to do that for orchestra when I was, you know, younger. And so, of course, you got, you got to buy a couple of those kits. And then you can, you get the ingredients, but you can do all sorts of things with them after, like you put, you know, the vegetables on top right. and everything. It's just, it's a good time for pizza and pizza lovers. It's a good time. I like your answer. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> All right, and number three for you, what was your favorite TV show as a kid? Uh, I think it was Bonanza. Tell me a little bit more. I've heard of it. I, I, I don't know much about it. I was really, really young, but, and, I, and I've thought about it a few times. Um, you know, it was one of those, uh, the sons and the father and, and um, doing the right thing and, and uh, helping people, but probably what was more important at the time, and I didn't realize it until I thought about it later in life, was it was a Sunday night thing. That was what we all sat down as a family and watched Bonanza, Ponderosa, whatever. Gotcha. And uh, my father was always a, a John Wayne kind of guy. And uh, we spent some time in our lives living out in Colorado. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, that's where I think I did most of my growing up. I went to school with the Utes and the Navajos out there. Mm-hmm. They, the reservation had more, town, more money than our town did. And so I learned to swim in their natatorium. But uh, rodeo days and stuff like that, gotcha. it, was, it was great. So um, I think it was a combination of not only enjoying the Western aspect of it and the show, but the family time. Gotcha. And uh, because you said that you are a big book um, uh, reader, I'm going to ask you one more question because I remember the question and the, the and it didn't come up. And and also because you do uh, you read fiction. I mean, sorry, nonfiction. What 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 historical person from what you've read? What who would you want to meet? I know that you probably have like a top, you know, 10 list, but like who's the one person that you wish you could, you know, have a conversation with? 
Kennedy. And what uh, what pops out about Kennedy? The time mm-hmm. that um, he was very popular. I remember when I was really really young, people just they adored him, mm-hmm. and um, it was a time of change. Uh, but there's a lot, like you say. Yeah, I mean, I can think of like MacArthur. Or, uh, I just finished reading about uh, some real interesting books about World War II and the Battle of Iwo Jima and stuff like that. But how pinnacle some of those were. But um, yeah, I think Kennedy would be a good answer. I actually would have to think about that for a while, though, to give you the top, top, top one. But right, right. Yeah. No, one that comes to mind, the one that comes to mind. Yeah, it was a lot of change, that, and, and it was a violent t- time to be having so much change. I mean, he, he had a lot of political assassinations. Uh, so, yeah, it was, I think that made it more vital for the change to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, before we wrap up, I want to open up the um, mic to you. Is there anything you would like to discuss or bring to the listeners' attention? Um, no, I always like to say thank you. Um, our community is our community because of the people here, like you, mm-hmm. and everybody involved. You know, if you, if you step back and take a look at, like, the village, we probably have 200 people or 250 people that just put a tremendous amount of time into it from different parade organizations to all those things matter. And I'm, I'm just grateful to live here and be a recipient of all this good happening um, here in our community. And uh, um, no, I, I, I know that uh, we're all blessed. Great place to live. And uh, to add on to what you were saying about, you know, there's probably 200 to 250 people. We don't have that high. Like the village of Lake Orion. What what would you say the population is? Somewhere between 32 and 3,500 people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's a pretty high percentage of people being involved in local happenings and local government. Oh, our you know. There's still so many people that haven't received recognition. Um, and a lot of people don't even realize what our local Alliance Club does. Mm-hmm. The first time I went down to the high school and went through the gymnasium while they were packing baskets, I met this old fella at the door. Gosh, I used to know his name. Ralph, it'll come to me. And I walked around for 30 minutes and I, I joined the organization the next day because I've given to different charities, and I'm sure we all have, but when you give a dollar to the Lions Club, there's no um, administrative uh, payroll. There's no, I mean, 95 cents that goes right back into our community. Mm-hmm. And so we have those things all around. Love, Inc., there's, there's a lot of great um, givers here, a lot of community uh, um, fulfillment. I drove by today um, the Golden or Forgotten Harvest. Mm-hmm. What a great moment to see people in need that were lined up and getting food and, 
and again, the community giving, and that's not so much in the village. That was being done here in the township, but we all are one big community. Yep. It's just the village has a downtown at this time. But yep. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I had um, two folks from Gray Centers of Hope on last week. And oh, I, have, I saw that. Yeah, I have yeah. Uh, Matt Pfeiffer on next week, and he's, uh, he does a lot of um, charitable work as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of giving people down here. It's a, it's, and there's a lot of people involved in it. You know, before I opened the store, I was commuting about three hours a day. I was working in Livonia and Farmington Hills. And um, it's, it's very different once you, you know, take the time to slow down and you, you talk to people and you see there's a, there's a lot happening and there's a lot of people who put a lot of thought into it. So Yeah, I agree. Yeah. We're going to get to them. Working on trying to get that recognition going. I've got quite a few of those shares with Joe and some of the other members. And we can talk about it again offline because maybe you can tell Okay. Well then. So, thank you so much for taking the time to be on. Uh, really appreciate it. Really in- enjoyed uh, getting to know you a little bit more. Yeah. And uh, thank you guys for listening and see you about town. Yeah. And thank you, especially for the great gift your Thank you. Yeah, I, I'll probably uh, get hooked and have to combine all the time. Yep. All right. Have a good one, guys. Thank you.